Um, one of the one of the things that uh, one of our managers did early on when in kind of brainstorming, uh, you know, what it was even the potential risk was to to he, he took an overtime report and mapped out made a, a web of people that were contacted, you know, based on, you know, these teams connected to these teams. And we wound up having three individuals. Uh, one of them was a licensed home provider who was also a DSP, and the other two were two people we support that based on the in and outs of their house, that with their support teams and their support staff who then worked in other homes or, or had licensed homes who had other individuals that they supported they were connected to, who were connected to other teams, in a week's time, those three individuals would would have had at least secondary contact to 250 people. And so we started thinking about what, you know, one of those those three folks gets sick um, and where we are potentially affecting 250 people. And so that, re that data experiment, um, he, he literally had it on some poster board and had you know drawn out and had this whole web and he brought it into my office and pieces were flying off of it and he was like look at this um and i'm so grateful to him for doing that because we were able to to really stop and think about okay what policies do we have in place that are keeping these folks connected in this web and what are some of the waivers we can put in place how can we lift some of just our daily operating restrictions um, to keep people safer, to be able to provide, you know, more of that isolated contact and, and less, you know, connectedness. It, it also makes me proud in the grand scheme of things that ASN is so very connected and, and interwoven, but it didn't serve our purposes at all during COVID. Um, and so we were able to make some, some pretty important moves early on because of that, that it probably would have taken us several months to stumble on to some of those ideas um, if he hadn't done that. I, we also, one of the things that we did, um, I think May, by May we were a, we, it kind of occurred to us, we really need to check in with people. Um, and, you know, our support staff are already in a unique position that they're spread across the state and they don't see their coworkers. Most of them work in somebody's home and they don't, you know, they're not going to an office building. They're not working with a team of 12 people that they see every day. They're working one-on-one -on -one shifts most of the time, and they're really disconnected anyway. And then you add, you know, the isolation of stay-at-home orders on top of that. And so we sent out a survey, um, and I remember just being overwhelmed with some of the profound feedback that people gave, you know, people were very, it was an anonymous survey and, you know, we just basically asked people, how are you doing? Um, what are you concerned with? What do you need? Um, and, you know, people talked about just being terrified and, and, and the fear that they had and the isolation and, um, and they also were so very grateful for the, all those phone calls for all the people that, that checked in on them for their support teams. They they gave a lot of praise for the follow-up. And then we repeated that survey uh, several months later um, and just really listening to people kind of evolve in 
the impact of isolation. You know, people talked to one employee wrote in one of those surveys that, and I think about it often that um, I find myself not being as happy about the things that make me happy or as sad about the things that make me sad, that I really just kind of feel muted a little bit. Um, and I thought that was extremely poetic. Um, and I think the world kind of got to that place and that that employee just uh, described what most of us were feeling. But I was, I was, I, I have continued to be amazed. We have bombarded employees with emails um, because it was the one avenue that we felt like we could continue to send that communication out. And I often thought this is too much and people are irritated and people don't want this. But every time we would survey them, they would come back and say, I appreciate this so much. This, this information is helpful. This information makes me feel like people care. Um, and so I, definitely our operations and HR team, um, which are, are very, very small teams for to have 830 employees, um, had, did some amazing work to keep people connected. Yeah, Kevin did a really great job. Um, like you said, we were communicating daily, sometimes more twice than daily. <laughs> so, um, but we were trying to send out resources and, and we would do little funny cartoons, you know, little memes just to kind of brighten somebody's day. But we also wanted to make sure that everybody knew how to protect themselves, uh, where to go find resources and then just let us know if they needed anything else because we were trying to track down information as they were requesting it. So trying to break that isolation. And I thought that the risk assessments was very good for the employees because they could communicate, you know, and put where they were going and then get the feedback, you know, on whether it was a, a high risk, a medium or low risk. And then, you know, just following the, the precautions to be out in the community. Because, I mean, you still had to keep going in to the grocery store. But a lot of people, you know, they learned how to do online shopping and pick up. And just a lot of resources were uh, new to a lot of people that we accessed during that time period. I think, too, on that risk assessment, you know, sometimes people would get frustrated because they couldn't go do what they wanted. They do a risk assessment and then they realize that's a moderate risk. That's severe risk. It's not as simple to go out right as it should be or we'd want it to be so that kind of put a little perspective on why some of the decisions were being made to stay home and quarantine versus just going about your business like normal exactly yeah and i think we heard that several times that individuals that we support were frustrated with not being able to do their daily schedules and go out into the community. And I would get phone calls occasionally saying, can you talk to this person and tell them why we have to be at home today or why we have to continue to wear this mask? And I'm like, sure, give me the phone. So, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I had a, a, a number of folks show up in my office um, that would come and, you know, they would be on their once a week outing to get groceries and pick up checks and things like that and I'd have to uh, I'd, I'd be um, grilled about you know what's the date when are when is this quarantine over when can we go back to regular things when can I go to so-and-so's house and play video games and um, it, it was it was extremely hard and you know honestly if you some of the folks that we support 
I've known for 20 years and I know them well enough to know that they don't, the worst thing that you could ask would be to, um, you know, interrupt a routine to, to pause those things that are so important to them. Um, we're talking about a lot of folks that are really creatures of habit and they, they thrive on routine. And when you think about how long we've gone with those folks, um, and, and how well, they've done um it, it really kind of blows me away and and it also i think illustrates that you know this this has been all of us um this is not this is not something magic that a couple of employees did um you know it everyone from the people we support to the families of the people we support to our our managers our directors our direct support professionals um everyone in the agency has worked really hard um, to get us to a place where, um, you know, the, the and, and the risk is not over by any means. Um, the, but we, we are far safer today than we were this time last year, for sure.